Worship with joy. <laughs> That's, uh, that was awesome. To worship with joy. Um, not because uh, everything is perfect, but because we're Christians. Because <laughs> we can endure. We can get through. We can, we can uh, when you have a goal and when you are called to be radical, it doesn't matter what happens to you. You're out to achieve that goal. You're out to accomplish your mission. And, uh, and uh, so I'm proud of you, Luke, that uh, you're still here. And, uh, and Josh and everybody else who's, uh, you know, suffering through the heat, who's, uh, who's uh, maybe uh, out of their comfort zone because maybe in your church, this is not the way your church runs. Uh, this is not what you're used to. This is not how you perceive camp would be. But you're here, and this is how it is. <laughs> so you're going to have to deal with that. You're going to have to accept that. Um, I'm going to be talking today on suffering. My message is called, Blessed are the persecuted, not the tolerant. Um, and uh, we've been reading a lot of scriptures, and I've been just logging it into my spirit, logging it into my spirit of what, what God has just been uh, opening up in Corinthians and in Acts and in uh, Psalms and, uh, and in Matthew. And uh, we have a lot of scriptures I'd like to look into, but uh, it's more of an open seminar today, kind of a question and answer, kind of uh, allowing you guys to participate with this message because I want the main purpose is that we all are one team. We're all uh, united. We're I six eight youth, and we're we're hearing what God has for us, and we're not here just to hear and check off. We're here to to grasp and and to eat it up and to to go and unleash it into the world. So, um, but we're gonna start off with a video clip. Um, uh, it's called uh, "The Price of Silence," right? That's the name of the video. Freedom of silence. Sorry, um, I uh, was in a Christian store and I picked this up uh, f uh, a few uh, while back. It was on sale, and I, I picked up a bunch of stuff that was on sale, and uh, and uh, this one really, really hit me. Uh, it's uh, all in all, it's probably uh, um, an eight or eight or seven out of ten. Uh, pretty decent movie, but we're just gonna watch a clip. I'm gonna fill you in. This is the last times America has has fallen, they have pushed God out of the schools, have pushed God out of all government buildings, they've pushed God out of society. Now it is illegal to have a Bible, it is illegal to speak uh, the truth, it is illegal to, to want to uh, preach the gospel. And, uh, and uh, this young boy uh, witnesses somebody preaching the gospel, and as he's preaching the gospel, he's arrested and taken away, and he drops his Bible. And, uh, and all the crowd, like, you know, the, the secret police come and take him away, and he picks up his Bible, and this is where the scene starts. But his parents start to uh, convince him that what he's doing is very, very wrong. And uh, later it goes into a snapshot of the real time of what's happening. He is, he, uh, this boy later grows up holding, cherishing God's word, and has a vision from God. He later accomplishes that vision, him himself being arrested and and eventually uh, going through uh, uh, lots of uh, 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 torture to, uh, to, to, to eventually represent God's word the way it is. So we're going to see a little segment of him going through 
part of a persecution from his parents and part of a persecution from the secret police that have now captured him. So please watch. things up make people hate each other. But he wasn't talking about hate. He was talking about the truth. Just like my teacher. She said that what's true for one person may not be true for someone else. And he said that some things are always true and some things are always false. He said we've all been lied to. That's terrible. Why would anybody say hateful things like that to a child? Mom, he wasn't talking about hate. He was talking about the truth. And he had a book Just in. never mind. But I said never mind. You just forget about him, that book, and about everything he said. Do you understand me? You just forget it. Stephen, calm down. My grandparents used to believe that kind of garbage, Evelyn. Well, our son is not going to be filling his head with any of that nonsense. Let's just go home. Zachary Robert Thompson, date of birth, citizen number, surprised? We have quite a bit of information on you. Son of Steve and Evelyn Thompson. I suppose they're the ones that filled your head with all this radical nonsense. Maybe I should bring them in. Ask them some questions. My parents are past that now. Ah, I see. My condolences. They were model citizens, I suppose. They were good people. They loved each other. They taught me to fight for what I believe in. Noble ideal, Mr. Thompson. Provided it's for a reasonable cause. But there's nothing reasonable about what you did. Who decides what's reasonable? The law. That's what separates us from the animals. It's what 
stops us from killing each other over petty ideologies. It's my job to preserve that order by enforcing the law. The law. <laughs> have you ever read the Constitution? The real one. I have. Words on paper, Mr. Thompson. Written by dead men who died nearly three centuries ago. Hardly relevant to today's society. Those words on paper once set us apart from every nation that ever existed. Those words gave us freedom, real freedom, to say what's true, not what's politically correct. To worship how we please. The law says. Whatever the courts decide it does. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Congress shall make no law. But it is the law, and you zealots choose to disobey it. You haven't heard a word I've said. I want the names of the rest of your conspirators. I won't do that. <clears throat> okay, you can stop it. Uh, yeah, that's probably all the time we'll have. Um, so uh, Zach is, uh, he's living in a country that isn't free anymore. He's uh, living in a society where he stumbles upon God's word and he starts to cherish it. And uh, he faces his parents and his parents tell him, you're nuts, you're crazy, uh, this is illegal, this is wrong. But in his heart he knows that something's right, something's right. <laughs> and he reads God's word and it transforms his life. And, uh, and, uh, and he ends up uh, doing a radical thing in this movie. As maybe uh, we have nothing to do. It's really rainy or something like that. We could watch it. If not, uh, you can rent it later and watch it by yourself. But uh, uh, what I want to talk about is uh, uh, persecution versus tolerance. Right now in this society, we're getting this huge promotion of tolerance, tolerance, tolerance towards, towards uh, people's sin, more than anything. <laughs> if, uh, if, uh, if this person decides to live like this, well, it's their choice. You shouldn't say anything. You should do nothing about that. You need to be quiet, and you need to smile and enjoy them being destroyed, right? Um, Matthew uh, uh, 5, verses 10 and 11. These are the blesseds. Blesseds. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the, the meek. Blessed. And then it says in verse 10 and verse 9, it says, the persecuted, for they will inherit the kingdom of God. The persecuted, because they are the children of God. The persecuted. And so, I just wanted to make a point that... Uh, out of all the blessings, there's two blessings that are very similar, and that's the persecuted. And that's, it's like when God repeats himself in, in Scripture, he's, he's trying to amplify that. He can't make the volume louder in your Bible, but he can say things twice. And so when he says things twice, it means pay attention. It means wake up. As a Christian, the truth is you are to be persecuted. You're to be tried. And, uh, and in today's society, the way we see things going, we're already 
cultivating in our culture, cultivating in our youth to get you ready, to say, you know what? You know why we're memorizing God's scripture? Because in, in Siberia, that's all you had. You had your memories when you were in jail. Memories of what, what you had time to log in your brain, and what you had time to log in your heart. When you're sitting alone and you're, you're, you're going through this time in your life of, of, uh, of, of test and tribulation, are you going to make it? So we decided, you know what? We got to start memorizing scripture. We got to start grasping it. We got to start logging it. We got we to get more core. We got to get more crazy about God's word because we might not always have it. 1 Corinthians uh, 4, 9 through 13. Let's open that up and read it. Uh, this is Paul, and he's talking about the tribulations that he had to face in his life as a Christian. There's some things I wanted to, to highlight as we read it. First Corinthians 4, 9 through 13. For it seems to me that God has made an exhibit of us apostles, exposing us to view, least of all like men, in a triumphal procession who are sentenced to death and displayed at the end of the line. For we have become a spectacle to the world, a show to the world's amphitheater, in the world's amphitheater with both men and angels, and probably demons alike, right? We are looked upon as fools and accounted of uh, of Christ and for his sake, but you are uh, amazingly wise and prudent in Christ. We are weak, but we are also very strong. We are highly esteemed, but we are also desperate dis and contempt. To this hour we have gone both through hunger, through thirst. We have habitually wore one garment and shivered in the cold. We have roughly knocked about and wandered around homeless. And we still toil unto weariness for our living, working hard with our own hands. When men revile us, wound us with an accursed sting, we bless them. When we are persecuted, we take it patiently and endure it. When we are slandered and defamed, we try to answer softly and bring comfort. We have been made and are, are now a rubbish and filth of the world, the, the off-scoring of all things and scum of the earth. But to, but, but to warn and counsel you as my beloved children. Uh, 13, I'm, I'm 15 already, sorry. <laughs> I just wanted to uh, indicate here, Paul is saying, we have gone through this. We have gone through this in our lives, in our Christian pursuit. We've gone through hunger. We've gone through thirst. We've gone through uh, being cold. We've gone through being cast out, being in prison. Uh, later in, uh, in, uh, in uh, Corinthians, he, we just recently read he was boasting about all the different things that happened to him, right? I was beaten this many times. I was, I was uh, you know, done this and done, they did this to me. They tried to kill me like this. They tried to stone me. And then I came back to life and came back in and preached again. <laughs> Tribulation. 2 Corinthians 6, uh, 4 through 10 says, before he goes into explaining the tribulation that he went through, he goes, we are true servants of God because we go through this tribulation. Let's read that. 2 Corinthians 6, 4 through 10. You can kind of keep your finger there. We'll be back there in, in, in a moment. Verse 
But we commend ourselves in every way as true servants of God, through great endurance and tribulation and suffering, in hardships and provisions, in sore straits and calamities, in beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless watching, hunger, by innocence, impurity, knowledge, and spiritual insight, long-suffering and patience, kindness in the Holy Spirit, and unfringed love, by speaking the word of truth in the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness, for the right hand at attack and the left hand at defend. He was talking about <laughs> to be commissioned as a real Christian. Our call is to speak the truth. Our call is to, to say what is true. To, 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 to be a real Christian, you have to know what persecution feels like. You have to know what it is, what, to, what it is to take a position and go into society and hold that position, right? That's, we were talking about radical yesterday. That's what radical means. It means to, to be rooted in what is true and to, and to stand that ground. And Paul says, we are true servants because we did that. And if you don't do that, then who are you? Pastor was saying, you're neither there, you're neither here. You're just kind of in between. Tolerant. Psalms uh, 6, 6, uh, 9, 69, uh, 7 through 9. It says that zeal drives me forward after God's heart. And zeal, even though uh, uh, the zeal, the love for God's kingdom, the love for God is what, what, what triggers this thoughts, triggers these, these, uh, uh, this heading and triggers this idea to do this. It's when you connect to God and when you have God in your life, all of a sudden you realize you need to get into the world and you need to be the light. You need to get in the world and you need to tell your friends. You need to come home and you need to tell your parents. You need to, you need to explain this to somebody else who doesn't know. Second Corinthians 4, 7 through 10, it's our mission. However, we possess this precious treasure, the divine light of the gospel, in frail human vessels of earth that, so we do not uh, get prideful. We're hedged in, pressed on every side, troubled, oppressed in every way, but not, crump, uh, not crumped or crushed. We suffer embarrassment, and we are perplexed and unable to find a way. Somebody wake him up. Samuel, wake up. We are hedged in and pressed on every side, troubled and oppressed in every way, but not cramped or crushed. We suffer embarrassment, and we are perplexed and unable to find a way out, but do not, we are not driven to despair. We are, not pers we are pursued, persecuted, and hard-driven, but not deserted to stand alone. We are struck down to the ground, but never struck out and destroyed." Always caring about the body, the liber liberality and exposure to the same putting to death that the Lord Jesus suffered so that the resurrection of life of Jesus also may be shown forth by and in our bodies. I think that's going to be a little, 
more clear. <laughs> but uh, it's saying this, it's saying this, that it's our lot as Christians to go through this, but we don't go through this alone. <laughs> you know, uh, when you get up in the morning and you read your word and you pray, uh, when you step out that door into your job, into your school, you step out differently. You, you step out knowing that God is with you. You step out knowing that he's right there by your side. You step out knowing that if you cried out, if you called, there's nothing between you and God. That you're right with him. That you're in, in the right with him. So uh, uh, that's why we're emphasizing that we read our Bible plan and that we, we pray before you get up and you challenge the world, before you get into the world. Because if you don't have your light bulb on, if you're not, your light not on, guess what's going to happen to you? When oppression comes, when, when, when the... the Peer pressure starts pressing in. Guess what? You're gonna, are you going to turn on then? No. You most likely are going to go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Oh, yeah, no big deal. And your light's not working. Your light's not on that day. You're not functioning as a Christian. You're not doing what, what your purpose is. Acts 21.13. Paul knows his mission. Uh, this is a chapter where Paul has this heading that he needs to go, and he needs to go back to Jerusalem. And everybody's freaking out because, man, Paul is this, 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 you know, apostle. He's, he's the guy that feeds them. He's the guy that takes care of them. He's the guy that, that brings the spirit. He's the guy, and they're like, no, Paul, you can't go because if you go to Jerusalem, if you go to Caesarea, you're, gonna, you're going to be imprisoned. And a prophet comes and takes his own belt and, and binds his hands and says, he says uh, if, you, uh, if you go, this belt is going to be changed and you're going to basically end up in prison and guaranteed, blah, 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 blah. And how does he react? He doesn't go, oh, yeah, that's, that's genius right there. Thank you, Mr. Prophet, for uh, helping me out. Uh, <laughs> it's funny, he was staying in a house where the, 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 the girls of the, the owner were prophetesses or whatever. They didn't say anything to him, but this prophet comes and binds him and tells him, and, and it's almost like a fearful prophet that maybe, maybe he didn't quite know how to say it, but he came and told, he came and told Paul what's going to happen, and Paul gets crazy. <laughs> Let's read what it says. Acts 21.13. Just go back a few, a few pages. Then Paul replied, What do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart like this? For I hold myself in readiness not only to be arrested and bound and imprisoned at Jerusalem, but also even to die for the name of the Lord Jesus. What do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart like this? He was basically saying, I'm shocked. Where's your faith? I'm shocked, man. Are you guys, have you guys lost it? <laughs> You guys, you guys lost what we're supposed to be focusing on. Have you lost your focus? Yeah. And, uh, and uh, most, I bet you some, some of them snap back, go, oh, whoa, okay, we got it. Same as, remember, when uh, Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, when he's, when he's talking to Peter, because he sees, he receives from God. He receives, not just from the, the word, but we received a mission from God. And when God commissioned him, he knew what he was supposed to do. He knew he was supposed to die on that cross. And if anything came across, anything hindered, he would say, step aside. Even if it was his buddy, even if it was his friend, even if it was somebody close. Psalm, Psalms 73 really 
vividly shows us this battle of, of our lives where David writes uh, in uh, verses 2 and 3. Let's read that. Psalms 73. Verse 2. But as for me, my feet were almost gone, and my steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious of the foolish and arrogant when I, was, when I saw the pers- uh, prosperity of the wicked. For they suffer no violent pains in their death, but their st- uh, strength is firm. But uh, in verses uh, 13 and 17, he snaps back to reality. What happens? Surely then, in vain have I cleansed my heart and washed my hands in for all the day long have I been smitten and plagued and chastised every morning. He's saying, man, I went through all that persecution, went through all that, you know, reading the Bible, went through all that for what? For nothing, man. Look at these unrighteous people. They're prospering. Look at them. They're strong. Look at them. They look like they're having so much fun. They're, they're enjoying life. They're, they're, they buy what they want. They don't have to think. They don't have to check up with God. They're not submitted to nobody. They do what they want. They get up when they want. They, they, they get a goal. They get a task. They conquer. There's nothing, nothing stopping them. Me, I have God over me. I have God to tell me what to do. I have God to, 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 to he's getting to this point where he's losing, he's losing his vision. He's losing his sight. He's losing sight of his path. And this is what he says. Had I spoken thus and even expressed to my feelings, I would have been untrue and have dealt treacherously against the generation of your children. But when I can. Cons- Considered, verse 16, when I considered how to understand this, it was too great an effort for me and too painful. Meaning he never made that decision to, to quit on God. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, and then I understood, for I considered their end. You know, when you're in God's presence, when you're in God's sanctuary, there's an impartation of God's spirit. There's an impartation of God's insight. You, you, you receive in your heart. You receive in your soul. When, when Pastor was up here yesterday and he was saying, there's somebody else, there's somebody else, there's somebody else. And I was just, I, I just, I was just I, feeling that, that flow of God's spirit. I, I, just, I was just crying. I was like, man, there's somebody else. There's somebody else. There's somebody here today that, 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 that senses God's call for them to get on that path. That senses uh, God's insight. That's receiving in their heart, receiving in their mind, receiving on their thoughts. Things are starting to become clear. Things are starting to become in line to God's will just because you came to camp, just because you're here. Maybe you came to, to just to hang out with buddies. Maybe you came here to, 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 to show everybody uh, your new clothes, whatever. But when I start inviting people to this camp, I don't care what they came here for. I told them, this camp is get ready for God to move. Get ready for God to move. Get ready for God to move. Get ready for God to commission you. Get ready for God to empower you. Get ready for God to change your mind. Get ready for God to, to impart something in your spirit. Why? Because... You can't stay the same. There's no time. You have to go into the world, be persecuted, be the light, and change the world. We don't have a plan B. Second Corinthians 4, 16 through 18.
Therefore, we do not become discouraged, utterly spiritless, exhausted, and wearied through fear. Though our outer man is progressively decaying and wasting away, yet our inner self is being progressively renewed day after day. For our light, momentarily affliction, and, and slight distress of the passing hour is ever more and more abundantly preparing and producing and achieving for us an everlasting weight of glory beyond all measure, excessively surpassing all comp uh, comprehension and calculations, a vast and transcendent glory and blessedness never cease. Since we consider and look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, for the things that are visible are temporal, brief, and fleeting, but things that are invisible are deathless and everlasting. Um, we go through it because we keep our sight on the prize. We keep our sight on God. We keep our sight on our salvation. We keep our sight on, on the great reward that it is to be a Christian. You get through it because you, you've positioned your life and you've, you've disciplined your life to read God's word. You've disciplined your life to put God first so that you can attain that prize. And we're talking about two different camps. A, a liberal Christianity where graces abound, take as much as you want, God always forgives, God loves, and the real deal where what you have is because you, 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 you went for it, because you, you dug, because you, you hungered, because you thirsted, because you cried out to God when it was time to cry out to God, because you positioned yourself, you, you, you skipped work just to come to camp, you, 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 you paid money, maybe you didn't have money. It took faith to receive from God. It took faith to, to, to connect to God. That's the real camp. And so when you walk into your school, when you walk into, into your, your house, when you walk into a place that maybe people around you don't know God, you have to turn on your faith. To get through somebody smashing you in the face with persecution, the only thing you can do is believe that one day when the light comes on through your persecution in that person's eyes, that he will change and he'll be saved. That helps you. That strengthens you. That gives you the ability to take on anything. Because you have the truth. You know what, you know what happens when, 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 you, when you understood what Christ did. You knew what happened in your heart. You knew what happened to you. And you know that maybe they just can't see yet, but they will. In China, they, they say that a uh, hundred years ago, people went there to preach the gospel and just to die just to preach the gospel and to die. Remember Carl Gustav said they went to China. They went into places of the world. We, we hear uh, the Elliot story where they went and basically they just got killed. And it's like, well, that's pointless. They could have done so much more with their lives. They could have done so many more great things. They could have you know, planned. They could have raised money. They could have came in there with, with a better plan. They could have blah, 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 blah. But in reality, death is the seed of, 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 that, that needs to be paid for life to blossom. In China right now, there's a huge revival underground churches, a huge uh, breakthrough in God's spirit. Why? Because people paid their lives way back when. 
Because people accepted that mission that God called on their hearts. The I-6-8 call, God, here I am, send me. Because people valued their relationship with God more than what they wanted to have in America. The narrow path is a choice. It's a, it's a choice. Uh, it's uh, 7.13. Let's read it. Matthew 7.13. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and spacious and broad is the way that leads away to destruction. And many are those who are entering through it. But the gate is narrow, contract by pressure, and the way is straightened and compressive that leads away to life. And few are those who find it. You have to choose to walk this narrow path. You have to choose to, to, to be on it and stay on it. And this is where the difference is. In here you could raise your hands, you could even cry. You could even say, God, I'm sorry for what I did. But if you never get onto the narrow path, you never really become a Christian. You become kind of like a Christian. You become looking like a Christian. You become uh, able to say Christian things. But without persecution, you can't be a Christian. Without persecution, without going through uh, 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 tough times, without going through a test, without going through pressures, without ever, uh, never being made fun of, you can't be a true Christian. There's, there's no cost in it for you. There's, there's, nothing, there's nothing of value to it. You, because whenever that pressure comes, you sell away what you have. You sell away what, what, is, what is the most valuable thing that you possess. Going through persecution, Christianity starts meaning something to you. Christianity starts to, to wake up, starts to ignite in you. Starts to, you start to understand it. God starts to react to you because you become his child. He, he, he looks on the earth and he says, wow, man, Dennis, man, that guy stood for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach him something. And he, he's going to impart something in his life. He's going to impart more strength. He's going to impart more grace. And, and then he's going to see, let's see what you do now. And Dennis stands again. He goes, Dennis, I'm, uh, listen to me. I'm preparing you. Get through this next one. Dennis gets through the next one. He goes, now listen to me. I'm sending you over here, and I want you to teach this nation. I want you to teach these people to do the same thing. Or I'm sending you over here, and I want you to go into a place where nobody's gone. And maybe you'll die. Amen? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen, Dennis. I... Uh, God is uh, constantly challenging us. God is constantly showing us the next level. God is constantly saying, this is what I want you to do next. This is what I want you to change in your life. This is what you need to adjust. This is what, to, he's preparing us. He's preparing us in I-6-8. He's preparing uh, a youth. He's preparing a generation to stand in the gap. He's preparing a bunch of radicals to go and tell. Second Corinthians 6.1 says, don't receive God's grace in vain. 
Don't use up God's grace on yourself, just for yourself, just to feel good, just to, just to accomplish your own tasks, just to, just to build your own life, just to, just to feed yourself, just to, just to have for yourself, like this camp is doing over here. They're using God's grace to, to, to get more things. They're using God's grace to be cooler. They're using God's grace to, 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 uh, to be popular. They're using God's grace to, 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 to maybe uh, 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 claim something from God, but never deciding to figure out for reals. The persecuted will be my real children. The persecuted. The ones who understand what it is to represent my name will be called. Not all who say, Lord, Lord, I know you. I used your name. I, I camped out in your, in your presence. I, I even cried. I repented. But I don't know you. When, when my name was being blasphemed, when, 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 when people were using my name in vain around you, you never said anything. When, when, when people were talking about lust and dating and, and perversion and destruction, you never opened your mouth. When people were talking about drug abuse and how awesome it is to be wasted and, and, and you were promoting that with them, even though maybe you never took part. When, when, uh, when people, when, when people, when, when you were planning out your life and I was telling you, read your Bible, read your Bible. He said, no, you know what? I'm going to study this subject because, man, it's an, a never-ending money supply for me if I could figure this out. God's saying, figure this out. <laughs> This is your salvation. This is your life. Amen. 2 Corinthians 6, 17 and So come out from among the unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, saying the Lord, uh, says the Lord, touch not any unclean thing, then I will receive you kindly and treat you with favor, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Then come out. Come out from the unbelievers. Come out from your, your friendships with the unbelievers. Come out into the open. Come and be the light. Come, come out. Come, come, come away from the unclean things so you can be the light. And then I will be your father. And then I will welcome you. And then I will, I will guide you. And then you will hear me. And then you will, you will understand my ways. Come out. Make a choice to, 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 to take on the next mission with victory. In your schools, you're about to go back to school. You're about to, to see your friends again. You're about to, to share your summer stories. Well, guess what I would be sharing if I went back to school? Man, this crazy guy called me, and uh, I went to this camp, or with the, our church went to this camp, and I just thought it was going to be a regular camp, but you won't believe what happened. All they said is, like, we had to seek God, and so I decided to seek God. And, and then we had to suffer, so I decided we had to suffer. And we had to do this, and so I, I just agreed with everything. And you won't believe what happened in my life. God started to talk to me. God started to deal with me. God is real. I know you're looking at me like, like I'm crazy and everything, but, but 
He's in here. He's inside of me. And this year is going to be different. Uh, by the way, I just wanted to tell you, this year is going to be different. This year, God has told me I need to stand for his name. This year, God is saying, uh, through me, my school can change. Through me, God can move. If I stay holy, if I stay pure, if I stay on fire, if I stay faithful to him, something's going to happen in this school. That's what God is saying. Something's going to happen in the world. Something has happened in the world. When, when, when men and women rose up and decided to be faithful to God more than being 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 taking care of stuff. It says, don't worry, I'll take care of everything, but be faithful to me. Be real with me. Don't play games with me. If you're going to be a Christian, don't waste your time trying to be a, a lukewarm Christian. Do it right. God will never leave you. That's what Pastor said. There's always that reward. He says, Blessed, 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 blessed. The reward might not be finances. The reward might not be fame. The reward might not be a pat on the back from your buddies. But the reward is, is wholeness inside. The reward is, is knowing when God looks at you, he sees a whole person. When God looks at you, he sees a child that's obedient and is complete. And is, he's, he's able to trust you and he's able to commission you. and He's able to, to lead you and, and into great victory. And into the places of the world where you never thought you'd be. But when you get there, you're going to have a smile on your face from ear to ear. Because you're going to see that your life is valuable to God. You're going to see that, that God can really move through you. You're going to see that, 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 uh, that time in high school that you decided not to waste is now paying off. Because you're able to stay strong in the midst of hardships. You're able to stay firm and faithful to God even if you end up in prison, even if you end up alone, even if you end up going through torture and they're testing you to see what you're made of. You're going to make it because in your youth, you paid the price because in your youth, you didn't cower away from being a Christian. It's hard to help a 50-year-old man that's just repented to be of use to God. He's been sinning for 50 years. 50 years he's been sinning. He's been living for himself. And then all of a sudden to go, oh yeah, okay, now you can use me. Well, there's 50 years of destruction we have to heal first. There's, there's, there's 50 years of constant sin in your life that's just destroyed you entirely. It's going to take years to heal. It's going to take years for you to learn to obey me, to trust me. Do it now in your youth. Do it now. Do it, do it now in your circumstances. Trust me. If you're going to be a real Christian, and you're going to be a real Christian from day one, you're going to get to school. Somebody's going to go, Pff. okay, target number one, kill that Christian. Get him to fall. Get him to, to swear. Get him to, get him to get mad. Get him to, 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 to hang out with us. Get him. That's what it is. But you're going to carry that cross, and you're going to walk with God, and you're going to walk in victory, and you're going to bring light to the world, and God's going to change the world through you. Amen? So, tolerant is a word that's, uh, that is the loophole. This side is tolerant. This side isn't tolerant. This side is radical. This side says, nope, I'm not buying that. Nope, that's not true. Nope. Dude, you know what you just did? You just cursed the whole school. Everybody who heard that word that you just swore out there, you just cursed everybody. No wonder it's so hard to learn in this school because you're walking around cursing like a, like a crazy man. What's wrong with you? 
We're here to study, not, not listen to your cursing, not listen to, to your blatant life of sin all the time, what you did yesterday, how, how wasted you got, how, how messed up you got. I don't care about that. I think, I think you're, you're, you're driving yourself into destruction. And if, you know, you can make fun of me or whatever, but, but I think that's the most foolish thing you could do with your life right now. And maybe now you think it's funny, but not, not five, six years down the road when that stuff devours you. You can say those things. You have that choice. Peacemakers doesn't mean just to be friendly with everybody. Peacemakers means, first of all, you're friendly with God. And then, once you're friendly with God, you can learn how to actually make peace in this world. You can do the other six commandments. If you don't know the first four commandments, they're all about God. Only God. Honor, honor God. Make no, nothing before God. Come, come to church on a regular basis. Don't miss out. Get fed all the time. Don't use his name in vain. And don't create an image that, that will separate you from God. Those first four commandments, they weren't in order. But those first four commandments <laughs> will help you understand and be able to do the last six. You guys, this is a new stuff. You guys know this stuff. And so this tolerance, this idea of tolerance is saying, you know what? Do those first six commandments because they're more visible and they're more popular than those first four. And those first four, adapt to yourself the way you see and the way it works for you. But that's not what the word says. That's not how it works. Apply the first four first. Be radical for God in worship. Cry out to Him. In this next, next, in this next uh, evening, seek God. Come with a hungry heart. Come, come open. Come ready to receive. Lean on your seat. Get, get hungry for God. And set those first four in your life. Make new vows. Make new commitments. You know, it doesn't matter how old you are in here. I'm, I'm an old guy. <laughs> but uh, I'm still youth. I still, I still feel like uh, uh, I have a broken hip, but I still feel like I'm, I'm invincible. And then when I try it, I realize again, okay, I'm, I got a broken hip. Uh, but uh, this isn't just for youth. This is for everybody here. This isn't just, you know, uh, uh, you don't need to be a youth to know where the fire is burning, to, to know where it's warm, to know where life is. And I'm not saying you should leave your youth. I'm not saying you should leave your church. But I'm saying you're responsible to get fed for yourself. I'm saying bring that fire wherever you go, to your church, to your family, to your home. But get fed. Get around the food. Position yourself where God is to receive from God. Why? Because that, that's, that's what, what you're going to become. If you pull away from that and if you go into, hey, I got this. I'm, I'm in control. I think I figured it out. You don't, you don't got nothing. You need God all the time. Amen? Um, I wanted to pray, but... Uh, this was supposed to be an open conversation, and it wasn't very open except for some amens. And yeah, and we figured out that Dennis is going to die <laughs> at 120. <laughs> but I wanted, to, I wanted to just anchor this in with prayer. Just everybody, uh, bow your heads, close your eyes.